Thank you all for coming. Uh, this is a program that I almost missed. And uh, when there was a call put out for a TED Talk, uh, and I got to looking at this video, I thought this would make a wonderful forum topic. So uh, I will introduce the material before showing the video. Uh, I had never heard of the Women's uh, International Study Center in Santa Fe until I uh, watched this video. And then I uh, went online and found a lot of things about the participants as well as the Women's International Study Center. And yesterday, after going to the opera Norma at the Lensic, I went out to locate the Women's International Study Center, and it's unfindable. <laughs> I took pictures from outside locked gates <laughs> and pictures of what the entrance looks like, <laughs> but they were... Uh, uh, on the th in 2013, they had the dedication of the Asequia Madre House, which is the uh, home of the center. And so if you go on Paseo de Peralta, uh, right after you go by uh, a, a major gallery before you get down to the roundhouse, there's Asequia Madre that goes off from there. And it's really a, a narrow street. And uh, anyway, so if any of you would like to uh, locate that in the future, I have pictures to share with you afterwards. Um, the uh, purpose of the study center is uh, for arts, sciences, business and cultural preservation. Uh, they held a uh, event that include Ruth Bader Ginsburg in one of their first programs. And so the two women that you will see in the video uh, were in inducted into this sort of hall of fame along with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, the, uh, program that was uh, put on by the Asequia Madre House folks uh, was uh, supported by the Finlandia Foundation. Um, Finland is known to be one of the most socially progressive countries in the world with the highest scores for meeting basic human needs and building foundations of well-being and opportunity. Um, the person who had been president of Finland for 12 years and uh, she was term limited so she couldn't have more than 12 years in the role of president. Uh, during her presidency she was co-chair of the United Nations Millennium Summit, co-chair of the Commission on the Social Dimension of Globalization co-chair of the UN High Panel on Global Sustainability and chair of the Council of Women Leaders.
Prior to her election, she served as Minister of Social Affairs and Health, Minister of Justice, and Minister for Foreign Affairs. Her political career began in 1974. She's about five years younger than I. Um, she paid close attention to issues of human rights, democracy, and civil society. Issues concerning social justice and promotion of gender equality have been central themes. And uh, it, it goes on and on about her accolades. Um, and then appearing with her was the woman who almost became the second president of Iceland. She was the runner-up. Uh, she was uh, co-founder of Outer Capital, a financial services and private equity company in Iceland, and a key founder of Reykjavik University. She's worked in the USA, UK, and the Nordics. Uh, she's worked for companies like M&M Mars and Pepsi-Cola, being managing director and executive board member of the Iceland Chamber of Commerce. Uh, she has an international MBA from Thunderbird. I don't know Thunderbird, uh, except from on our mountain over there. Uh, she was a speaker in, at the TED Women Conference in 2010, and then she appeared a second time, and she said it was no easier to be a TED Conference speaker the second time around. Um, and then uh, that's... Uh, we'll say we'll cover pretty much what the conference center and conference was about, um, and so just a little bit more about the uh, study center. Uh, they're dedicated to inspiring and enabling women around the world to achieve their full potential recognizing women of achievement, hosting fellows and residents whose work focuses on or is by women in the four areas of interest, uh, which are arts, sciences, cultural preservation, business, and philanthropy, uh, co-sponsoring the conversations in various venues and media, and convening symposia. Um, so, uh, the uh, Nordic les lessons of leadership, I'll return to those after we've watched the video. Uh, so uh, I'll be with my notebook out here <laughs> making notes uh, as I see the video again, and uh, hopefully there'll be a constructive dialogue here uh, following watching the video. Is Hala Thomas-Satter a change catalyst, a candidate for president of Iceland in the 2016, the runner-up in the 2016 election? Thank you so much for coming here. You also were just at an Indian Pueblo, right? Visiting? Yes, I went to Santa Clara Pueblo and learned from the wise elders there. Yes, the fine tradition of matriarchies. But yes. um, 
Finland is celebrating its hundred years of, of, of independence. Yes, the whole year. Oh, good. That's good. Um, you, uh, there's so many things about uh, contemporary events I'd love to talk with you about. You were neighbors with Russia for a long time. They have been always our neighbors. Sometimes they have a different. They have had a different name. Um, they were originally the Russians. Then they had, they were Soviet Union. Now they are Russians again. But neighbors, yes, yes. like Sweden. And so you've worked with Putin for years. Um, I knew him quite well, yes, um, uh, because um, we were at the same time uh, presidents, and um, he was also a certain time the prime minister. But anyway, yeah, it was the part of my, my work. And he's very much on the world stage now, especially in terms of our elections. Do you have a comment about his? I would say, I would only say that the only thing which could be different between um, Finland and USA is that for us it's very natural that we have contacts and relations with Russians. They are our neighbors, like also Swedes and Estonians. But of course uh, the reaction would be exactly the same if we would be uh, doubting that uh, somebody has involved in our elections. We will have the next presidential elections next year, early next year, and, and so uh, I just make a warning to everybody, not only to Russians, everybody who tries to be involved in our elections, we get, get the same reaction. Well, good for you. That's yeah. a good warning for anyone who wants to mess with anybody's elections. Now, Hala, you had said that, that running for president was uh, such a transformative experience for you. You went from 1% at the beginning to 34% to being the runner-up. I went to almost a third of the votes, yeah, yeah. 28%. Yes, I was an unexpected candidate. My, I didn't come from politics. I guess I was an outsider. Uh, I came from business and, uh, and the investment space. And but I think maybe um, there is demand for that also. I mean, there is some yeah. apathy towards politicians today. And what, wherever we are politically, <laughs> meaning politically, um, I think people are looking for new ideas, more innovation and creativity in politics. And, and last but not least, um, that we have leadership that works on the back of good values and principles. And I just have to say, since you mentioned Santa Clara Pueblo, that listening to the uh, wise old ladies there telling us about their culture and the core values felt almost like I was listening about the story of the women who came before me, my own family and women in Iceland, mm -hmm. in terms of they emphasize hard work, caring, sharing, respect, and family. And I believe we could all do with more of those values today. Well, um, you... We're the first woman president of Finland, and Iceland had the first democratically elected female head of state in the world. You were, uh, it started with a strike in 1975, right? Just tell us a short version of that story, because it's very interesting. Well, the short version is that women in Iceland decided to take the day off. That's what they called it. But now it's generally referred to as the women's strike. Whether they held professional jobs or um, were working at home, they did no work that day. And they brought the country to its knees because nothing works when women are not at work. And this started a movement, in, in my view, that has gone beyond Iceland, but is probably one of the main reasons why we had the courage and the wisdom and the foresight to elect a great female president five years after this initial strike. And women have paved the way to make Iceland a better country ever since. That campaign was shocking in its misogyny. So tell us what, her, I can't pronounce her name, um, 
Yes, 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 yes. But, but they had accused her because she had been uh, fighting breast cancer. Yes, yeah, uh, being a woman candidate, but only half a woman because she'd had one breast removed due to cancer. And she said. Well, this is where humor comes in, and I know President Hallonen is amazing when it comes to humor, but, and oh, actually also wit, I guess is a better word, because she responded when people were referring to her not being even a full woman. It was hard enough to be a woman, but with one breast removed, they called her half a woman, and she said, well, I intended on leading this country, not breastfeeding it. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's very good. That's very, very, very good. Yes, yes, that's just... Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the Finland and Iceland and the Nordic values. You always get like in the top ten of the happiness scales, the gross national happiness. Yeah, but the happiness. In the matter of fact, uh, I I thought always earlier that the Finns don't like that if somebody says that oh, you are in top ten at the happiness because the Finns think always that we are a little bit pessimistic. We don't speak so much, but we want to be in all style. And but I think that all Nordic countries we have made a lot to work in in such a way that such kind of things, um, circumstances, what's normally make people unhappy. Mm. Uh, we cannot avoid them at all, but, but we can make them as short as possible and help people to come back in normal circumstances mm. so that they don't need to be ha- unhappy. Uh, so I think that um, this is the secret of the welfare state, that uh, sickness, unemployment, uh, or when you are getting old and you need help, and, and helping the families with children uh, need also help that they can fully enjoy the, the situation and I think this mm. is the fact mm. and uh, I call very often that Nordic countries are like a Nordic sisters, mm. not brothers but sisters, mm. five Nordic sisters they have exactly the same very deep family values mm. concerning the caring society and, mm. and nature environmental relationship and all that mm. but um, then of course like sisters happen to be that when they have a different lives they might become a little bit different. And so Iceland is not Finland, and Finland is not Iceland. But we have the same family values mm. and in the one, society. one of your values also that you're famous for is education. Mm. Thank you so much. You believe in lifelong education. Yes. And it's free. Mm. And uh, just you have incredible health care systems. It's just you, we have a lot to learn from you. Uh, and one of the ways we're learning it, um, you have come here as guests of a WISC, which is, uh, um, can you describe it? It's, um... WISC is Women's International Study Center, and they put on a lot of events in Santa Fe to discuss issues related to women's leadership and role in society. And we're in particular going to talk about leadership and the importance of values or principles when and, it comes to uh, leadership. Of course, you can guess that uh, among the founders are, of course, the Finns. <laughs> uh, the Finns who have became Americans. Uh-huh. So this is also mm-hmm. something what I hope so that um, the Finnish originated uh, immigrants have uh, strengthened in U.S. Uh, mm. uh, society that uh, mm. the women have an important role. We need them. What I love about WISC, and I want to draw attention to them because they're a leading nonprofit in Santa Fe, but they are dedicated to inspiring and enabling women around the mm. world mm. to reach their, their mm. full potential. potential. I want to talk about Nordic women, since you both are one. I had just read this wonderful um, anthropological, archaeological fact that they excavated the most famous Nordic 
tomb of a warrior and the warrior had the spears and the shields and decapitated horses to ride in the afterlife and this was clearly the most powerful warrior they'd ever found and they did the DNA on the bones and it was a woman warrior talk about women warriors (laughs) in Finland and Iceland and the whole Nordic uh, legends yeah I I think so that uh, the traditional role of the woman is very equal to the man but um, I think that she has she has been a great leader, but uh, the mostly women I became independent on and uh, very strong because uh, we lived in the society where both the men and the women have to work very hard in order to survive from the hard natural circumstances. And then of course the Vikings and the other they also they went hunting, they were the wars against each other and all such kind of things. And then who could keep them the society while it's uh, the um, conflict? The same like today, they are the women. Women are keeping the society going on. And I think that uh, even I also, I was very, very, how could I say, uh, happy in a way that uh, that she was a woman. But then I thought that, yes, women have done everything um, but uh, I'm especially I, I want to 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 underline those uh, uh, values of the women also in our societies mm. to see the normal life between the wars and without the wars. Mm. But yes, that was a nice surprise. Yes, yes. Well, I'm incredibly grateful to um, have built or had the opportunities I've had because of the women who came before me. And for me, it goes all the way back to the Viking women. So when I founded my first women empowerment initiative and later an investment firm, I named it by one of the Viking women, Auder, which is, uh, basically means wealth and happiness and also clear space. And there was a Viking woman called Auder, the deep-minded And the deep-mindedness referred to the fact that she was not just a strong woman who conquered land and and, and broke a lot of barriers not known to women at the time, or known to women at the time. She was smart. She Mm -hmm. was the reflective sort of thinker, um, deep thinker. And I think we need more of that today. Uh, We've sort of lived through decades of aggression and warriors. So I'm glad women will fight. But I think today we need to go back to some of these native core values, the core values I was raised with, and the human values that the Nordic countries embrace. And uh, so there is a real role for more female leaders today, and more leaders that embrace such values in general, be they... Even if they are men and women, yes. I think we were speaking about this uh, today, that that in the matter of fact, we think that the societies, Mm -hmm. in a way have become more feminine in such a way that with the sustainable development, uh, we are all encouraged to see uh, little lower periods for the future. And seeing how we are all the one, one part, of, we are the part of the same entity. In such a way, I think that it's not only that we can do the same like men, but also that the whole society should respect and value more this kind of caring and... Uh, other issues. Well, since you, uh, and by the way, we're speaking today with Tarja Halonen, former president of Finland, and Hala Thomasdatter, candidate for president of Iceland, and you, you just bring so much wisdom from the Nordic culture. Um, I was started to say that since you've been president, you're working a lot with the United Nations on sustainability, yeah. on human rights, on the World Health Organization. Wow. 
Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Oh, I'm doing it still. Let's go oh, that's together. That's what I mean. <laughs> yes. yes let's, yeah. let's go together. And when I last spoke with you, Hala, you had done this wonderful work about bringing feminine values to high finance. Because mm-hmm. Iceland survived the 2008 crisis better than most. And the, you talked about the values of we instead of me and the more yes. female inclusion. And uh, how can we have a little more of that in, in my country, in America? Well, I like to look at what's going on in America now as a bit of a wake-up period in this culture. And, uh, and I think maybe the American culture went a little bit far with me, 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 or I, I, I before the we for a while, for decades perhaps. And now maybe we see the ultimate expression of that in leadership. And I just don't believe that's sustainable. And I don't think... So I, think, I believe in inclusive cultures, and I think Nordic countries can provide a good example of that. Not because it's about women or the feminine alone, but because in inclusive cultures, everyone gets to be the best version of themselves. And the otherness that we have practiced too long in the American culture and in other Western cultures is not going to bring out the best in anyone. So we need to start to build cultures where everybody can flourish. And I don't think you have to look far, because I think at the core of the culture, certainly in this great state, you have that in the indigenous cultures and the native cultures. So just go back to find where you were and where you came from, and and then you will get back on track. And everybody needs to take responsibility for that. That is not the role of one leader in the White House or or one leader in the state capital of New Mexico. Everyone needs to look, what am I doing? Because I believe every single one of us is a leader with a role to bring about a better world. I, I fully agree with what Hala said. And, and uh, I have been learned these values in my own family when I was a child. And my, mommy, my, my mother and my father said very often that don't always think what you. They, they said that we said, instead of me, you said we. And uh, so I have learned it a long time ago. But I think that... Uh, I would underline it also to you that we means also you yourself. Yeah. yeah. And and that's good to remember. It's it means me and the others, plus. But there's an element of public service. I was watching your interview at the Kennedy International School of International Relations, and you mentioned that you had wanted to be an artist, you know, uh-huh. at, at, in your youth, and that now you have this magnificent career of public service. So. Um, is there room for that little artist sprout that was trying to grow? Can you? Is there? It's still my hobby. Um, I studied the history of art one year before I started my studies, becoming a lawyer. And my my uh, mother and my father said to me that uh, that's fine that you you have arts, but perhaps uh, it would be more uh, pragmatic also <laughs> to take an other professor. What was the typical in those days in labor movement that? Uh, they thought that the arts doesn't give too broad bread. And, and so um, I, it's still my hobby. I, I do painting and sculpting and, and so on. But what's more important is that what I would tell to everybody is uh, to be creative in such a way that it depends on you how you see the picture. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, or in sculpting, that how you see it around. It's in three-dimensional. And, and it has helped me, I think, to see the world. Yes, mm. yes. Um, one thing that Iceland has done in terms of the business world, because one of your things has been to bring the feminine values that are not just in women, but feminine values, 
to finance and to government. But Iceland, tell me about the gender balance law. It's actual law that the the ratio has to be 60-40 on government boards, business boards. How did you how did you get that? Well, uh, Iceland is the leader when it comes to gender balance, but the Nordic countries are all close to uh, being at the t- uh, forefront when it comes to that. And um, we got to a point where even if we were the leader in terms of equality, we didn't really see it in the most influential places like the boardroom or the CEO suite. So we started addressing the boardroom and decided to do volunteer quotas on the boards because everybody agreed the data is in. It's good for business. It's good for society. It's good for the bottom line. Uh, but when things didn't, well, and we went far. We went from 12% women in the boardroom to 25% uh, by a volunteer quota. But that's not exactly balanced. It's still a mm-hmm. minority. So we introduced the gender quota law after five years of trying this. And I, I can say with some certainty um, that that's been well received by both women and men. And both women and men had hesitation before, but it's changed the culture in the boardroom, the dynamics of it, and the conversation of course, there's some backlash to it and some criticism. There always is. But I think once people experience inclusiveness, everything becomes better. And, and that's been the experience in Iceland. So, uh, yeah, Iceland is much better in this uh, in business sector. Norwegian is also quite good. Uh, and uh, so you, Americans, you are also in that sense even better than we. We have succeeded very well in, in public sector uh, in all levels of political life and so, but, uh, but uh, the business uh, is still, uh, let's say, then in the period of transition. Mm-hmm. And I do hope so that they will notice by a very good examples that if you have the men and women in the same body, uh, or if you are even more of different kind of minorities, so you are more creative and then you get also the better result. It's also, of course, it's a justice to give a possibility for the individuals, but it's a typical uh, example about the thing that uh, what is uh, justice for an individual can be also the success for the society, Mm -hmm. for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Your experiences, tell me more about your experiences, your personal experiences in bringing a more feminine perspective to leadership, political leadership. So I, we discussed it today also, and I said that um, I'm older than, than Halla, as you can see. But um, so I, uh, I have been trained to be a nice girl, but, and I have tried to be a nice girl, but sometimes they have misunderstood my behavior because um, to put together to be honest and outspoken and, and to be nice, sometimes it goes, how could I say it, that... Uh, that, uh, Sometimes they're not compatible. Yes, in somehow. And then it's better to be honest and better to die, try to breaking, breaking the unfair barriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I just uh, said today when they answered, I said, I, in the matter of fact, I haven't had too much difficulties with my job, not even when I became the first female lawyer in the unions. After very short shock, they, they recovered very well, and they took me in very well welcoming. But uh, the protocol sometimes, even it sounds very, very small thing, it has caused a lot of difficulties, <laughs> because the protocols are not uh, thought that the president can be a woman and, mm-hmm. and, and, and with a handbag or not handbag and so on. So um, that's why I always say to the women who want to become a politician that, so please 
take your sense of humor with you. You will need a lot of sense of humor. And uh, that's my advice even today. Yes, yeah, well, the Queen still has a handbag, so the Queen of England. Yeah. <laughs> so there's room for that. Um, the honesty versus being nice is, is a real conflict for any politician. Mm. But how I, you have the, 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 the finest accolade. Uh, there was a New Yorker reporter who watched you, came to do an article about the Icelandic presidential mm. election, mm. and he had said, that you were the most sincere politician, if not the most sincere human being he'd ever seen. He called you a living emoji of sincerity, and yeah. you're incredibly <laughs> yeah. sincere. But did that make you blush? I mean, did, yes, do you so know how sincere you are? <laughs> no, I don't really think I think about it. Like, I think about it as honesty, probably, more than sincerity. But I actually love that title, and I wear it with pride. And let me tell you why. Um, I think there was a time in my life, and I think there is a time for a lot of women leaders and maybe even a lot of male leaders where you are afraid of tapping into what is your real wealth um, in terms of wisdom, which is your emotional side, your intuition, and these things. And we have sort of dismissed them from business, and we talk a lot about economic rational men, who I am pretty sure doesn't exist, and I've studied okay. economics extensively. There might be a rational economic woman here and there, but most of us are highly emotional. And I think that's wisdom. And, and so I wear it with pride. And yes, I blushed. Uh, and I don't think I can hold that. Uh, I don't think I can live up to those kind of expectations. But I do think that straight talking, and just as President Hallonen said, you know, is something that I find that we need more of. We live in a world where many of our systems are no longer serving us very well, and so we can't just be good girls or good boys. Yeah. We have to also we have to be respectful to other human beings, and we should always hold that in our head to go high when other people go low, etc. Mm -hmm. But we should challenge and be change catalysts and challenge systems that no longer serve humanity or our future, our children, the next generations that are coming. So I try to be disobedient and encourage women also Good. to be disobedient. And I think the women in 1975 who went on a strike in Iceland were disobedient and they paved the way for me. So I want to pave the way for women and girls that follow me as well. I, I, I fully agree. Uh, I think that it's the only perhaps the difficulty is nowadays when we can speak very directly, not only face-to-face, uh, -face, but also in the uh, internet and, and, and all these new, new ways of information that we should keep it balanced, that we, like Hala said, we have to respect another person, but we have also to speak directly. And, and so how to combine these two things is um, everybody's own duty, that you cannot... Uh, ordered by the law. You, you cannot delegate it to the others, but you have always to decide by yourself that telling the truth is also respecting the others, the listeners, and, and uh, the others in the discussion. Uh, but then how to go further, that's, mm. that's a point. Well, you two have, have led by example in your countries and on the world stage, and I'm really grateful to you. So we have a lot of women viewers. If you could just, just give a little a nice... Besides, don't carry a big hand and keep your sense of humor. There, I've got a lot of women in the audience, and if you have a little advice to them about how to move into politics and um, change the world. Um, I think that the most important thing is that if you want to be in politics, that what is your target? What is your goal? 
Mm-hmm. And, and after that, when you know what is your goal, you can be either in city council, you can be in the NGO, you can be in business, whatever. But uh, to see that at that moment what you do it is the most important thing. You, it might be the bridge to the next higher position, but don't think of that so much. Think what you are, what are the values, what are the things what you want to change. And then suddenly you notice that you are involved, you are on board to change the world, and this is important. And you can enjoy it every moment if you keep a sense of humor, if you keep your heart and your brains balanced on board. Mm. Very good. Yeah, no. very good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think I would, uh, I want to encourage women to run, you know, and not just for public office, but to go for it. Uh, because, um, and, and I want to encourage women to do it, I wanted to say, be you. Because there's been entirely too long of a period where women have made it into the influential and powerful positions by adopting the rules of the game, I call them sometimes men in skirts, and, and I mean no offense, but I mean, and that's been needed, I think, to a certain extent, but now times are changing, and what we need is authentically women and men, the way they are, working from a sound set of principles that are truly theirs. Bring your, all of yourself uh, to whatever role, and don't ever think that you're not enough just the way that you are, because I do think that plagues women more profoundly than men when they are making the decision to be leaders. Profound words of wisdom from two women warriors from a fine Nordic tradition. I'm so honored to have you here. Our guests are Tarja Halinen, former president of Finland. Thank you for joining us. And Halle thomas Sater, candidate for president of Iceland. You're here as a guest of the Women's International Study Group. And I think that our women warriors who are out there listening would do well to go to their website. I'll put it on here. But they honor women's accomplishments and they still... Mirrored in that shimmering that you see inside the auroral oval. And, and you would... One of their experiences here was to go meet with Pueblo women, which... They found a simpatico uh, experience with uh, community values and human values, and uh, that was shared in their conference. Um, one of the things that uh, I thought about in watching this was the Women's March back in January, <laughs> and uh, then there was the day without women. You know, there's these wake-up calls that there are people out there who are warriors, and we uh, are the beneficiaries of them. Um, and so, uh, I, I think uh, in our own community. We have such people like Felicia <laughs> and Stephanie. And then I think statewide we have from the uh, Native American tradition, Deb Holland. Uh, so uh, I'm... Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, so... Uh, any comments that you have? Uh, I don't have a microphone up here. Oh, 
All right. Joyce has the microphone that she can bring around. Uh, any of uh, your thoughts with regard to what you just uh, saw, heard? Well, let me, let me say that uh, I was hoping that this would be available from the report from Santa Fe Archive. It has not been put up yet, nor has Paul Barnes, the editor of the uh, Vietnam series with uh, Burns. Um, and so it will be, uh, but they're in a transition period of, of uh, being able to put th this program and others up for watching at any time. Uh, so if you have others you would like to uh, share it with you, that's an opportunity that will be forthcoming. Um, I almost didn't record this. Uh, last Sunday I was to be doing the sound system here and uh, I was in a rush to get out of the house at 8 o'clock when this thing shows up on Sunday mornings. And uh, so I, I had a sort of a glimpse of it. And my personal feeling at the time was, hmm, I don't know that these women have anything that would uh, lead me to changing my life, to doing something different. <laughs> and, and fortunately, uh, those programs are shown again on channel 9.1 at 4.30 Sunday afternoon. So that's how I got this. And my way of recording programs is to start one minute into it. Uh, and uh, that way, the label on it will be that program instead of the previous program on my disc. Um, so it, it was a little truncated, uh, but the full thing will be available. Um, the, uh, the, the, the things that were e emphasized was we, not I. Uh, President Hollinan shared her secret to successful social policy. When you make a welfare society, don't make it so it's good enough for your neighbor. Make it so it's good enough for yourself. Uh, and then there's the purpose-driven work. We, we hear a lot about uh, having privileges and responsibilities. And uh, so uh, focus on developing leaders who embrace transformative leadership skills and values in order to allow us to redesign and transform our systems and societies for the good of the whole. And then uh, education for found, as a foundation for success. Uh, they have an inclusive system with no tests or homework until teenage years. We keep everybody on board. Finnish schools have freedom to innovate and create the educational experiences they believe work best. The only standardized test is performed at age 16. Um, 
Finnish teachers are highly regarded and are effectively given the same status as doctors and lawyers and are paid equal to other college graduates. Finland comes in at or near the top in standard international measurements in reading, science, and mathematics. Um, and then gender balance makes both economic and social sense, and there was some mention of that in the video. Uh, values matter. While in Santa Fe, I had the opportunity to visit the Santa Clara Pueblo, where wise elders shared with us the core values of their community. They explained how the values of hard work, sharing, caring, respect, and family have laid the foundation for their community and guided them through changes and tough times. Um, so, and then humor is helpful. <laughs> so, those are among the things that I have gathered together after watching the video. And uh, any comments uh, from any of you at this point? Uh, uh, Elroy? Microphone? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, how successful this comment will be. Uh, naturally, my response to this is that there's a huge contrast between what we're seeing in these people and what I consider to be the general conditions in the United States. So my mind immediately goes to focusing on the question of what's wrong in the United States and how can we change it? <laughs> And fortunately, we have leaders who are working in that direction. <laughs> uh, I agree. We have a long way to go. And each of them would say that in their own countries, they have more work to do. So I'm told time is up. <laughs>